You are brave, and you are welcome. I'm Tess Wilton, host of Shadows Illuminated, a podcast by Pluto Practice. As a clinical therapist and metaphysical wellness coach, I'm here to offer my insights and perspectives on self-worth, setting boundaries, and beyond. My goal? To hold space for my circle, to share their journeys of spiritual and personal expansion, and developing their intuitive gifts. I work through a spirit-guided lens and use tools such as tarot, crystals, numerology, the Akashic Records, and the chakra system, to name a few. You are whole and complete, just as you are right now. And together, I hope we can spend some time learning about astrology, energy work, and all the witchy and magical things. I invite you to join me here each month to learn what it is to be a spiritual being having a human experience. Connect with me online through plutopractice.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Pluto underscore practice. Now, take a deep breath in and let's illuminate our shadows. This is what I've learned so far and am continuing to learn about open honesty in my relationship with my husband. Real communication is brutally honest. And when I say that, it's not with the intention of trying to shock the other. It's not with the intention of trying to shake some sense into them or trying to persuade them or convince them to see your side of the argument, discussion, whatever. When I say brutal honesty, I mean being brutally honest with the self, getting really clear on what is it that you're wanting and needing. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. For those of you that are just joining, hi, I'm Tess Wilton, host of Shadows Illuminated podcast. Welcome, brave one. So happy to have you here in this space today. When I talk about honesty, I really am drawing on my personal experience in my personal relationship with my husband. As many of you might know, we recently had a baby My six-month-old son is currently napping in his crib in the other room while I record today, and I'm reflecting on how my husband and I openly communicate with each other around sex, around how we discuss our sex life, because having a kid complicates things, at least for us. We're exhausted, aka I'm exhausted. It's staying home every day with this little one, which I'm not complaining about. I'm very privileged to have a mat leave and I'll be going back to work in the new year. But it's been a lot for me to be a morning person because I am not. I used to think of myself as a night owl, but I really love sleep at any time. Morning, afternoon, nighttime. I think I'm just a sloth. A sleeper, maybe a koala. Koalas sleep a lot. I'm a koala. (laughs) So having a baby waking up at the wee hours of the morning has 
invited me to get to bed earlier and really try to prioritize that sleep for myself. But my husband works throughout the day and comes home and he has a physical job, so he's pretty knackered after that. And we try to fit in some time for ourselves and he tries to fit in some self-care for him and I try to fit in some self-care for me. And there's not necessarily a whole lot of time for intimacy. So we, we make do. And a lot of the times we're exhausted. Early morning, dead tired, trying to make sure that the little guy stays asleep until his morning rise time, which is hopefully consistently 7 a.m. Sometimes it's earlier. <laughs> Sometimes I get up way too early. And other times it's making sure that we have the little guy napping consistently or feeding consistently. It's a lot. Sometimes it's trying to be social too. So our relationship is really going through some ups and downs and we have to openly and honestly talk about it. This requires us both to get really clear on what we desire, what we need, and what we expect from the other person. That means having some real discussions. What makes these discussions easier, I found, is discussing them when we're not really triggered by them. When we're triggered by something, when something is really agitating us, whether it's this particular topic or something else throughout our day that has really kind of got under our skin, we're not going to have the greatest communication. We get agitated, we get flustered, we kind of lash out. It's not great. We have to come down from that level. We have to be able to discuss intimacy intimately. (laughs) We have to be vulnerable. We have to be calm. We have to be collected and that takes some practice that takes some time for us to build up into sometimes it means giving ourselves a little bit of a heads up like hey this is something i think we want to discuss maybe at a later time what do you think about us trying to set out some time later this evening or maybe this weekend and sometimes that build up is too much sometimes it does need to be spontaneous but we want to bring it up when we're not going to necessarily trigger the other person. So it's complicated. There isn't a right way to bring it up that's going to be foolproof every time. But it means being honest and not getting flustered or offended by what the other person says, because that can trigger them, which triggers us. This communication is complicated. I don't want to pretend that it's simple because it's not. But with practice, we get a little bit more comfortable with it. And as we get comfortable, we get a little less triggered. So these conversations for us usually start out with someone getting frustrated about something. And the first thing that we make sure that we do is comfort the other person. We try to acknowledge their pain, empathize hey, I can tell that you're frustrated. I'm really sorry about that. Also, my husband and I are pretty good at apologizing. (laughs) We apologize for things we probably don't need to. Raise your hand if you're Canadian. (laughs) And it, it helps. But there are times when we apologize for things we don't need to apologize for. And it means we kind of hold ourselves back from trying to 
blame ourselves or take blame from the other person just to kind of sweep the situation under the rug. So first of all, we try to empathize with the person and we say, you know, I'm really sorry that you're frustrated or I can tell that this is not going as well as you had hoped. I see that, you know, I'm here for that. Do you need me to do something? Do you need something from me? A lot of the times we ask, do you need space? Do you need me to go into the other room and give you some time? Do you want me here to keep you company? Do you want me here to be with you and discuss it with you? So that the other person knows that we're not just going to shove this under the rug and forget about it, that we're not going to get triggered or flustered, and that we're not going to ignore it either. We bring it up and we say, how do we want to approach this? And how does my presence influence or impact the situation in general? Meaning, is my presence going to help or hinder this for you and your feelings of frustration? That really helps the other person then gets the opportunity to think and say, actually, your presence would really hinder this. I do need to be alone. And I don't want you to get offended when I tell you to leave or ask you to leave or say thank you for leaving. (laughs) But it's also important to say, actually, your presence would help the situation. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay here. And here's how I want you to be present. I want you to be present, but silent. I want you to be like, keep me company, just be here and offer, you know, moral support. I want you to be present and be an active participant. I want to actively have you here to bounce ideas off of, to discuss this with. Or I want you actively here and present, but really just to reflect what I'm saying, really just to listen to what I'm going through and let me know that I'm not alone in this, to actively reflect and hear me out. Those are some things to contemplate. How do you best reflect do you need to be alone do you need kind of an open space where your energy is not bouncing off of another living being or do you need another living being around whether they're active or passive to maybe absorb some of that reflection so it's not kind of all bouncing back off you like light off of mirrors just bouncing everywhere Do you need kind of a black wall that kind of absorbs it so that it's not as crazy, crazy active? Reflect on that. And if you are interested in human design, I'll let you know that you can check out your definition type. When you look at your human design profile, it will come down to the very bottom around something that says maybe single definition or split definition or even triple definition. And I'm not a human design expert, but what I know is that I personally am a single definition, which means that I do not have the ability to kind of quote unquote co-work with someone. I'm pretty individual. I'm pretty independent. I like to be on my own to work things out, whereas (laughs) consequently, my husband is a split definition, which means he likes to have someone else around to do his work not even be an active participant in his work but he could like share space with someone doing completely different things and be very productive i myself need to kind of have the room to myself and then of course there's triple which 
I have no idea because I've never met a triple definition, but something along the lines of needing a crowd of people, perhaps. Don't quote me on that because I'm kind of shooting in the dark there. But check out your human design definition if you want to get a little bit more in depth there. You can go to my Instagram profile and in my bio, there's a link towards checking out your human design profile. Check that out. Going back to really working with the other person, sometimes I need to reflect on my own. So I'll say, you know, this has been an interesting conversation. I need some space, physical space, where I can reflect by myself on what you've said and how I've responded to it. And that would really help. But other times I do actually want him around to process this. And I want him actively here so that I can ask him questions when they come up. And that's something we have to discuss. Hey, don't go anywhere. Stay here for a minute. I have a few follow-up questions. I'm just trying to clarify them in my mind. So I'll be right back. You know, stay here. These conversations are best had when we are in a loving space, when we're actively trying to connect out of love, not out of a pressure. There's a lot of pressure to kind of keep the love life active. I think in relationships, people talk so much about, well, if your sex life isn't active, then your relationship is dying and all this blah, blah, blah. I've got a few things to say about that. But personally, it is something we we work at because it is a love language for us both. But it doesn't mean it's 1000% necessary for our relationship to be perfect all the time. And our relationship, of course, is never perfect. But we are going through ups and downs of having a baby in the first year of uh, having a baby is a lot. And we've been together for four years, married for two, but it's still a lot. It really is. So to discuss it openly and let ourselves know this is not make it or break it in our relationship. It's not. And that's something we really have to say out loud. A lot of people are scared to admit that this might be a make it or break it. But if it's not, say it. Partner, I want to talk about this thing, but I want to let you know When we talk about it, it's not because I'm reconsidering our relationship. I want to let you know that I'm thinking about it because it's been on my mind. But there's no pressure to discuss it right now because if we don't, I'm going to leave. Or it's just going to like fall apart. We have to say that out loud. I think a lot of people think when we have big discussions, it is make it or break it. And it might be. But if it's not, if it's just something important we have to talk about... I think it's important that we say it's important, but not make it or break it. It's important, but this is not the end all be all of our relationship. So those are just my thoughts specifically around that topic. And it's helped me a lot with communicating effectively and clarifying my own needs and desires for myself, but also to my husband, who's my life partner. You know, he's my best friend. He's someone I can talk to openly about this. And it's something that I think is beneficial for our relationship, but it's pretty vulnerable. It gets right to the the bone of who we are and maybe even how we identify. And then there's some feedback that I receive from him and some feedback that I give to him that isn't always complimentary. 
Sometimes it's constructive and it really matters how we take that on. We've had our triggers. We've had our moments of getting offended and feeling rejected by the other, but we openly discuss them when we're better able to, when we're not so triggered by them, like on alert, we come back and we say, that thing that you said, I took some time to think about it. And, you know, here's what I've got so far. I'm working on this, or thanks for bringing this to my attention. I don't exactly see it that way. But I can see how it might come off like that. Or I can see how you might see it like that. Is there a suggestion you have? Is there something I should be doing? Here's what I think I should be doing. We start to really engage in that conversation. And this tone of voice, this curiosity, I think is a really important perspective to bring to these conversations. Having an inquisitive and curious tone when you talk about these things really lightens the mood. It puts very little pressure on needing to find an answer. It puts very little pressure on needing to solve something immediately. It simply says, my curiosity has peaked. I'm interested in finding a solution with you, you know, when the time comes. How can we do that together? Without feeling like, well, if you're so smart, why don't you tell me what to do? Or I can't believe you said that, that really hurts my feelings. And now I don't want to talk to you or have sex with you ever again, because I can't believe you would say something so mean and hurtful. Or, huh, that's maybe not something I would have thought of myself, but I'm curious, I'm introspective enough. And that right there is why I think that it takes such bravery, such courage to do this shadow work. And this is shadow work. Talking about these things is shadow work. No word of a lie. Doing this reflects on some deep aspects of ourselves that we don't always shine our light on. We don't always bring to the surface. They are hidden. They are veiled. We keep them in the dark because we don't necessarily think that they are fit for the public eye. And I'm not saying share this outwardly and openly. I'm not telling you the nitty gritty details of my life, but I'm letting you know that these conversations for any relationship long term, any intimate relationship long term is important for my clients who say we can't talk about sex I immediately have a red flag that goes up and I'm like so you're not having sex oh no no we have sex I'm like but you're not talking about it no we never talk about it like how's that going for you yeah that doesn't sound very satisfying and more often than not it isn't more often than not they say it's pretty routine We don't change things up very often. I can tell they're not satisfied. I'm not very satisfied. I wish we could do this or I happen to think it would be better if we tried this thing, but we don't talk about it. So I can't say anything because if I do, they'll get offended. Or if I do, it'll be the first time I've ever brought it up and I'll probably scare them. So it is really tough to bring it up the first time. It can be really daunting. It can be really scary. But I got to let you know this. If the first time you bring it up, 
it's scary, but it becomes an open conversation, then your relationship has a much higher likelihood of making it long term. If the first time you bring it up, a wall goes up, barriers are just thrown up, walls are thrown up, and no one talks about anything. I don't know how long that relationship is really going to last. I really don't. And I'm not saying this to try to scare some of you. I'm letting you know if it's not meant to be, it just isn't. I'm not saying anything about fate or destiny or any of that. I'm really saying that an intimate conversation about sex in an intimate relationship is a must. Start off slow, go at your own time, no pressure. But if it's not happening now, when is it going to happen? Because if you're not talking about it, I'm pretty sure things aren't going to improve in that area of your relationship. Nobody is a mind reader. No one is expected to just read the other person's mind to know exactly what they want or how they want it. You have to tell them, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. We're all mature adults here. My mom told me something a while ago that I'll never forget. If you can't talk about sex, you probably shouldn't be having it. That stuck. That let me know that if I was mature enough to discuss this with another adult, a consenting adult, then I was ready. But if I was jittery or shy or nervous or afraid, then it was something I probably shouldn't be openly doing. If it was something that I was nervous about because I thought I was under pressure or obligation, then it probably wasn't something that I was really consenting to. So food for thought, but no pressure. These are just some things that I've noticed in my personal relationship. Now, if this resonated for any of you, please take some time to consider how you might approach this with your partner. Discuss this with a confidant, a friend, a close family member, someone that you feel you can openly share without, again, any of the details or go into a bunch of details. I'm here for it. But really reflect on how this conversation sits with you. Does it trigger you? Does it make you feel really frightened or nervous? Does it resonate? Are some of you nodding your heads and saying, yeah, I really have to have a conversation like this. It's necessary. Even if I'm scared or even if my partner is really unwilling, we might have to bridge that gap. Then I urge you to reflect, to take some time and sit with what are your fears about having a conversation like this? What part of you is really squirming and squeaming in your seat? What part of you is saying, hell yeah, if we don't talk about this, it could be make it or break it. What part of you is convinced that even if you have a conversation like this, it won't go well? Sitting with these parts of you, getting more acquainted with them can give you a lot more information around how to approach this and what work you might need to do even before approaching this topic with your partner. You might have to do a little bit of prep work. You might have to get really clear on what you're asking of your partner, even before you bring it up to them. Otherwise, you start a conversation that says, hey, this is important for me and I want to discuss this with you. And they say, okay, let's talk about it. And we say, oh, wait, never mind, I I can't. Then we've just built it up into something 
and they're going, but you said it was really important. It is, but mm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I think you'll reject me or I don't think it will go well. Now we've built up this huge, momentous discussion and it's fallen flat. Now our partner's thinking, "Uh oh, something's up. This isn't good. And it's not. So take the time to consider what you're interested in discussing with them, why it is important for you. What are you dealing with? Are you dealing with pressure? Are you dealing with pain? Are you dealing with lack of interest, lack of motivation? It's important. Reflect. And if you do want to discuss a bit more about this, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the reviews. If this topic is important for you or you think it would resonate with someone else, share it with them. And if you feel called, no pressure, rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on so that other people like you can hear about this podcast and maybe benefit from it just as you have. That's all I've got for you today. Something short and sweet just to pique your curiosity. Take really good care of yourself. Brave one. Be brave. Thank you for joining me on this month's episode of Shadows Illuminated. Connect with me at plutopractice.com on Instagram and Facebook at Pluto underscore practice. I'll see you next time.